Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Reshape Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Nolte, and each week on this podcast, I share knowledge, tips, and strategies to get healthy, lose weight, and prevent disease. Now, just a heads up, this episode gets a little personal. I take you back to my high school days when I struggled with exercise bulimia, which will help explain my passion behind the topic of healthy, moderate exercise and not overdoing it or putting too much of an emphasis on exercise for weight loss. If you look pretty much anywhere online, all of the popular blogs will tell you that you have to exercise more if you're trying to lose weight. Using pre-pregnancy numbers, right now I'm 24 weeks pregnant, but before I was pregnant, I was exercising actually less than ever before in my life regarding the time that I was committing to exercising, but I was eating better. And I'll tell you what, I weighed 10 pounds less than I did in high school with a lower amount of body fat. So you heard me right. I was exercising less, but I was doing more strategic exercises and I was eating better and I weighed 10 pounds less than I did in high school with lower body fat. So I'm living proof that more exercise does not equal more weight loss. What does is optimizing your nutrition and prioritizing the types of exercise that you do to build muscle and reduce stress. Before I get started with today's episode, here's a brief snapshot of what I'm talking about today. There are three major factors that limit the utility of exercise when trying to lose weight. The first is that exercise is a small percentage of the total calories burned. The second is the fact that your body tries to replace the calories that you just burned when you exercise to maintain a stable state. And lastly, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. Exercise during weight loss has been shown to help preserve lean muscle mass when losing weight. This can actually slow your weight loss because muscle tissue weighs more than fat. The fact that you're losing less weight but notice clothes fitting differently should not alarm you. The more muscle mass you have, the easier it will be to maintain your weight in the long run. Lastly, I'm going to talk about how exercise can help you lose weight in an unexpected way by lowering your stress. Exercise can help you lose weight in a roundabout way by helping to reduce your cortisol levels. And I'll share with you two types of exercise that are especially useful to reduce your stress. If you're listening to this podcast and you're in the camp of eat less, exercise more to lose weight, you will love this episode. I know some of you may have just shouted or at least said in your head, amen, and I'm right there with you. In high school, I had a condition called exercise bulimia. I never made myself throw up. Instead, I would exercise off the calories that I just ate. And this started pretty young. I remember during summer, I would sit in front of our small TV and watch a show and eat my favorite peanut butter Captain Crunch cereal. And then at commercials, I would go outside to try to jump off those calories that I just ate on the trampoline. I would then eat lunch and go for a long run or rollerblade ride, and it was definitely compulsive. Eventually, after months of doing this, my period stopped. It stopped for almost a year because I wasn't nourishing my body. And that was also during a period of time in my life where I suffered from some depression, like most teenage girls do at some point or another. 
And so many girls struggle with body image and diet issues their whole lives. At least a third of the girls in my small high school class had an eating or exercise disorder during high school, and some developed one in the years following high school. And I know many girls in college who spent hours exercising every day. And I'm lucky enough that I didn't go through those physical and mental struggles with my weight and body image for too long. One of the things that helped me most was just studying and researching what was actually good for my mind and body and doing those things. And then I figured my body would just look and feel how it was supposed to. I stopped eating the foods that were marketed as being healthy, like a ton of frozen meals and prepackaged meal bars. And I started cooking real food and reading food labels. While I do really enjoy exercise and long distance running, frankly, I just don't have time or energy for it right now. I have a 20 month old son and I'm 24 weeks pregnant with my daughter. I'm running a business and I'm trying to keep up a household and I have to be very selective in how I use my time. So I choose to do very efficient strength training or high intensity interval training workouts. When the kids are older and my body heals after I have another baby, I'd love to get back to running, but not to lose weight or burn calories. I just really enjoy running. I know that might sound crazy to some of you, but I have always found it therapeutic and I love challenging my body and my mind to do things that I didn't think that I could. So if you have ever had that mindset that if you eat a cookie and you need to go run two miles and you struggle with food guilt and feel like you can't relax until you go burn those calories off, I hear you, my friend. And I hope you really listen to some principles that I share in this episode and give yourself a little break to work on some of those mindset blocks. If you are trying to lose weight and just feel like you don't know where to start, this episode will give you the clarity to start with your diet and ease into exercise. Give yourself the permission to just focus on one thing at a time. If you've already optimized your nutrition and your exercising, I hope that this episode gives you more motivation behind your efforts and maybe inspires you to add more strength and flexibility training to your current exercise routine. There are three major factors that limit the utility of exercise when trying to lose weight. The first is that exercise is a small percentage of your total calories burned in a day. The real term for quote-unquote calories out is total energy expenditure or how much energy our body uses. And I'm going to just say the equation and then I'm going to tell you the definitions for the things in this equation. So your total energy expenditure for a day equals your basal metabolic rate plus the thermogenic effect of food plus non-exercise activity thermogenesis plus excess post-exercise oxygen consumption plus exercise. So that exercise is at the very end of that equation. So your basal metabolic rate is actually 60 to 75% of your total energy expenditure for a day. And your basal metabolic rate are housekeeping items for your body. So things like breathing, maintaining body temperature, keeping the heart pumping and blood flowing, 
maintaining organ function, and keeping our brains alive. The thermogenic effect of food is energy that's used in digestion and absorption of food. Now, protein has a higher thermogenic effect of food than fats or carbohydrates. Just a quick fact for you there. The next factor in the, in the equation was non-exercise activity thermogenesis, and that's the energy that's used for everyday movement, like getting out of bed, walking around the house, basically any activity that's not intentional exercise. And then you have excess post-exercise oxygen consumption or energy that's used to repair cells and replenish fuel stores and other recovery activities after you exercise. And then there's the actual calories that are burned during exercise itself. So any intentional activity above and beyond day-to-day movements. We have wrongfully assumed that the only variable in the total energy expenditure equation is exercise, even though it's a very small part of the equation. Only about 10% of the total calories that you burn in a day come from exercise, and that's for people that exercise in the first place. On page 53 in the Obesity Code, Dr. Fung states that decreased calorie intake, so if you eat less food, can decrease your basal metabolic rate by 40%. And increased caloric intake, so eating more food, can increase it by 50%. Now remember that your basal metabolic rate makes up the majority of your total energy expenditure for the day. So if you can get your basal metabolic rate to go up or down by 40 to 50% based on how much food you're putting in your body, that's a really big deal. That means that if you eat more food, you have a higher metabolism. If you eat less food, your metabolism starts to slow down and accommodate to that lower food intake. So the key, one of the keys when you're losing weight is not necessarily to eat less calories or less food. It's to improve the quality of your nutrition so that you're not slowing your metabolism down by slowing down your basal metabolic rate by eating less food. So I hope that all of that made sense. If it didn't, I just want you to rewind the last couple minutes and listen to it again. And usually the second time you hear it, it makes a lot more sense. The second factor that reduces the utility of exercise for weight loss is that your body tries to replace the calories that you just burned to maintain a stable state. So like I just said, reducing calories in reduces calories out. In other words, if you eat less food, your metabolism will slow down and your body won't burn as many calories. Now, the flip is true as well. Increasing calories out by exercising more will increase calories in. Your body will want to replace those calories that you just burned off by eating more food. So think about it. Have you ever done a hard workout or gone for a walk or just did yard work and then you're all of a sudden hungry afterwards? This is the first compensation that your body makes. So following activity, your body increases your hunger hormones so that you eat more. And that's because your body likes to maintain something called homeostasis or a stable state. Not only will you want to eat more after you exercise, you're also going to want to move less. 
The second compensation that your body makes after exercise is reducing non-exercise activity following a workout. If you ran three miles today, you're going to be more likely to take the elevator, park close to the door, or skip an evening walk. And I'm a living example of this. In high school, my dear friend Michaela used to call me the most active, lazy person that she knows. We would run half marathons together and we would train after school, but when it came to going to the local Walmart, because that's just what you do for entertainment when you grow up in North Platte, Nebraska, I would drive around the parking lot for 10 minutes just trying to find a spot. Here's another story that I'll always remember from college. I had just done a longer run at the gym and I was tired, so I took the dormitory elevator to the third floor where my room was and there were some snarky girls on that elevator making fun of me like I was so lazy for taking the elevator to the third floor. My non-exercise activity levels go down if I hit the gym hard that day. Now, if I didn't exercise, I'm much more likely to go for a spontaneous walk or try to park farther away from the store or just move my body more. So if you exercise, you'll probably notice you don't want to move as much in general throughout the day. So here's one more factor that limits the utility of exercise for weight loss. It's just a fact that you can't out-exercise a bad diet. As a general rule, you can estimate about 100 calories burned per mile of walking or running, depending on your weight. Most adults walk at a pace of one mile every 20 minutes or about three miles an hour. If you follow the general recommendation of walking 30 minutes per day, you're walking one and a half miles and burning about 150 calories, plus a little bit extra for the energy that it takes to repair and refuel your cells. Often, you will crave high-carbohydrate foods following a workout because those foods provide nearly immediate energy for your body. You can replace the calories you just burned from that 30-minute walk with a small apple and a tablespoon of peanut butter or half a cup of ice cream. There's just not enough hours in the day to exercise off the unhealthy food that you eat. And you can save yourself a lot of time and effort by just adopting healthier nutrition habits. So I'm full of bad examples today. Another high school story, um, when I used to believe the calories in versus calories out theory, and I had exercise bulimia, was sometimes I would eat and exercise at the same time. I have a vivid memory of walking on a treadmill at the rec center in North Platte, eating a snickerdoodle cookie, and just being so proud of myself for burning off those calories right away. Crazy, I know. Clearly, I've come a long way since then, and it's so much more freeing just to eat well 80 or 90% of the time so that when I do have an exception meal or day here and there, it's not going to wreck my lifestyle. I have a healthy baseline to return to so I can enjoy the yummy, unhealthy foods every now and then without the guilt trip or the compulsion to exercise. Let's get into my second point for today's podcast, and that's that exercise during weight loss has been shown to help preserve lean muscle mass when losing weight. I talked about tips to preserve your muscle mass when losing weight in episode number five, so I'll link to that in the show notes. Research has shown that both aerobic and resistance exercise can help you preserve muscle mass when losing weight, especially if you're eating enough protein in your diet. 
I prefer to use strength training because this is going to help you actually build new muscle if done at a high enough intensity. Here's the deal that many people losing weight don't like though. It's that muscle weighs more than fat. So if you're building muscle while you're losing weight, you're actually going to see slower weight loss on the scale. Your clothes may be fitting better. You may have less joint pain and improved mobility and stamina, but you're still beating yourself up mentally because you're not quote unquote losing weight. I want you to release that thought from your mind and know that it's okay to lose weight slowly. The more muscle mass you have, the easier it will be to maintain your weight because you're going to have a higher metabolism. So in the short term, exercise may in fact slow weight loss, but in the long term, it will help you keep it off because you have a higher resting metabolism. This brings me to the last point of today's episode, and that's how exercise can help you lose weight in an unexpected way by lowering your stress. Exercise can help you lose weight in a roundabout way by lowering your stress and reducing cortisol levels. When you exercise, your endorphins, or what I like to call happy hormones, are released, and this can help you feel less stressed, not just while you're exercising, but afterwards as well. In the show notes, I'll link to a presentation I've done in the past about how sleep deprivation and chronic stress influence your hormones and make you gain weight. In a nutshell, when you're stressed or stressed by a lack of sleep, you will have higher levels of cortisol in your body. Cortisol is also known as your stress hormone, and it causes your blood sugars to go up, which makes your insulin levels go up. And remember, insulin is your fat creation and storage hormone. So the higher your cortisol, the higher your insulin, and the higher your body set weight. The two types of exercise I recommend most for stress relief are walking and yoga. That's because they are both relatively easy on the body, rhythmical, and encourage a pattern of deep breathing, which can signal your body to relax and de-stress. Let's sum up the main points I covered today, because aside from all of my bad example stories, there was a lot of great information that you can take from today's episode. Point number one. I reviewed the three major factors that limit the utility of exercise when trying to lose weight. First, I discussed how exercise is a small percentage of the total calories that you burn each day. Then I explained how your body tries to replace the calories that you just burned to maintain a stable state. And lastly, I reminded you that you should never try to out-exercise a bad diet. There's just not enough hours in the day. Point number two. I explained that exercise during weight loss has been shown to help preserve lean muscle mass when losing weight. This may slow your short-term weight loss because muscle weighs more than fat, but it will greatly aid your long-term weight loss progress because your metabolism will be higher, meaning it will be easier to maintain your weight. Point number three, I discussed why exercise may help you lose weight in an unexpected way by lowering your stress and cortisol levels, thus lowering your insulin levels and body set weight. If you think stress is a barrier to your weight loss, I'd encourage you to add some walking or yoga into your lifestyle and start reaping the benefits. So here's your homework for this week. I would love to see you add a little stretching to your life. 
Maybe use an implementation intention, something I've talked about before on this podcast, to make time in your schedule to stretch. I love to stretch a little most nights after Justin and I get Dawson to bed and we head downstairs to relax a little bit, maybe watch a little TV and unwind. But before I hit the couch, I'll hit the floor and I'll do some stretching, especially for my legs and back. This not only helps me relax, but it's helping prevent pain that often creeps up as we're getting ready to move into my third trimester for this pregnancy. I want to do as much as I can um, to avoid that back pain. There are so many free resources on YouTube or very affordable apps you can download to get access to great yoga routines. I'll link to my favorite yoga app called the Yoga Studio Mind and Body app on the show notes today at reshapept.com forward slash blog forward slash eight. If you are listening to this right now and haven't subscribed yet, that would mean a lot to me if you did. Please take the time to do that today. And if you're feeling extra nice, leave me a review and let me know what you think of this podcast. Those reviews and ratings help this podcast get seen by and in turn help as many people as possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I got a little bit personal with my exercise bulimia stories and all of my bad examples of being, as my friend Michaela says, the most active, lazy person she knows. But hey, I am just telling you like it is. I am right there with all of you, just trying to get healthy and be a little bit better each and every day. Next week, I'm talking about one of the questions that I got from one of my clients and course members um, in my online training program called How to Lose Weight After 50. She wanted to know more about leptin resistance. Each week, my course members get a private group coaching call with me, and I did hours of research into this topic for the coaching call and thought since I did all of that research anyways, I would share some of that information with my podcast listeners. So next week, I'll do a quick research recap episode to help you understand more about the hormone leptin and its role in making maintaining weight loss so difficult. You will have a lot more clarity about why you feel like you're working against your body to maintain your weight loss. It's because you are. So I'm excited to dig into that topic of leptin resistance next week. I'll talk with you at the same time, same place. Bye for now.